morning. And welcome to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm glad you have made the connection and are with us today. I'm Lori Fitz, your host. And the goal of our show is to explore a wide range of topics that challenge us to see ourselves, our community, and the world around us in ways that get us thinking, get us imagining, get us maybe in touch with our feelings, wondering, but most of all, get us connected. And perhaps inspired or challenged to do just a little bit more because we made the connection. Our show is co-produced today with the Stanton Adams Diversity Institute. Over the last year, we've been addressing the challenges in working towards true social justice and equity. Our show is about doing it with straight talk. And together, we're hopeful that meaningful change is possible and inclusion provided for all. And I have Melissa Adams, who is the president and executive director, as my co-host. And the diversity. Hello, hello, hello. I just wanted to make sure that everyone knows that the Diversity Institute believes that diversity is everybody's business and the potential of all individuals is important. That's right. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm so excited to be here with you as usual. Yes. Um, And let's jump right in. Well, before we do, you have a program coming up on the 10th that I'd love to have folks learn about. Sure. We're doing a wonderful event on December 10th. It's an online event, and it's a free event. This is an opportunity for folks to learn more about the Global Diversity and Inclusion Benchmarks Assessment. Um, The creators of the assessment will be on a panel with us, and they'll be telling us some of the tips, tools, and techniques for using the assessment, how the assessment came about. It was created by 192 experts from around the world who said that these are the best tips, the the best uh, things that organizations should have in place in order for them to um, have success when it comes to creating a diversity initiative within their organization. And it doesn't matter if you're an educational institution or a corporation or a nonprofit or even some of our secular, our churches can use this tool to help to create a more diverse and inclusive space. Well, I'm certainly going to tune in. I'm also going to get some of my friends who I work with uh, to tune in with me because we're often asked, you know, so how do we measure this? Uh, What does it look like? And we're all good about, you know, putting the the diversity councils together and, you know, the leadership and the vision statement. And then everyone looks at each other and goes, what now? (laughs) Right. And right now we have about 350 people registered for this event. It's called Revolutionizing Your DEI Strategy. It's a new tool to measure your impact. Um, And as I mentioned, we're going to have uh, a lot of folks are coming out for this. It's an online event. It's free. And if people want to sign up, all they have to do is go to our website, stantonadams.com, and they can sign up right there on the website. Terrific. Well, can you believe that we have been on our journey uh, of looking at the book, The Racial Healing Handbook by Annalise Singh for this year? It's been an entire year that we've been looking at that. Yeah, I'm just over the moon because on this journey, we've been healing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, There's so many revelations that I know that I've made in being able to do do the handbook together with you, Melissa. And 
and your grace in opening up. And I know I've made mistakes as I've struggled to to figure out, you know, how, how do we talk about this? Because that, that can be challenging. Um, we want to we don't want to say the wrong, wrong thing and we want to be authentic. And and I think what, what you've taught me the most over this year is just say what's in your heart and then we'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll just figure it out. And, and it's, it's that right. dedication to keep opening up our heart and, and choosing connection over fear has been, I think my biggest uh, takeaway lesson in being able to work with you on this. And we encourage others to take a look uh, at the book and see if they choose to do it with themselves or with others. Um, It's a great book, and it's been a healing journey for me, for sure. The last chapter of the book, which we're going to at least start to explore today, um, is making the connection to community, which, of course, I love being on the Connections radio show. Um, but really, it's a yeah. it, it's a review of the whole book. So it's kind of like we'll be starting our journey of memory lane of going over yes. the, the the best ofs uh, in the in the book that we have worked together in um, sharing who we are, our identity, our racial identity, how we how we feel about that, and what how do we need to connect, and what are ways that we can connect. And the first, um, go 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 for it. And no no. And I was going to say, what can we do after this? Yeah. Because the journey is not over. No. It's just beginning. You know, it's almost like, you know, learning um, even how to uh, get in a boat. You know, you Mm -hmm. you get taken out a few times so that you at least know how how, (laughs) – what you need to do in order to either row or sail that boat or maybe a combination thereof. And you get skills and you get tools. But – that's just the beginning. You know, there, there's a lot more to explore, but having tools is helpful. You know, having yes. a guide is helpful so that your first few times out, you're not going to sink or you're not going to drown. Um, you're actually going to have a guide. So the book helps, I think, in giving you the guide and the tools so that perhaps you feel more confident in going out on your journey and discovering for yeah, yourself, think, what does this mean? I think, too, the book gave gave us tips, tools, and techniques for how to do this on our own. Right. So she points you, Annalise Singh is a wonderful author. She points you in the direction of change. And then she asks you, now, how are you going to change? <laughs> yes. And what, so so now, now you tell me, what are you going to do? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So at the end of the book, she gives us all of these great things that you can do. And then she says, uh, now, what are you going to do? What are your in-person options yeah. for trying to tackle these things? What options do you have online for trying to tackle these things? And if we can think about it in those two buckets, like what in-person person things am I going to do to learn more, to build stronger relationships? And what things am I going to do online to learn more and to be able to build stronger relationships? And with that, you can go back to the chapter topics because there, you know, there's no uh, reason that just because you've read the chapter and you've checked it off the box that you don't need to go back sometimes and take a look at what That's it has right. to say. That's right. I always try to uh, like highlight stuff in books mm-hmm. and go back to those things and, and read them again sometimes. Well, the first chapter that she gave us uh, was about uh, getting to know our racial identity and yeah. connecting with people who are waking up to their race. Tell me a little bit about how, how you felt about that first chapter. I loved it. 
And I thought it taught me a lot, right? It, it taught me that sometimes in our daily lives, we forget about our race, our identity. Especially some of us have the privilege of not thinking about our identity. So when Annalise Singh says that each and every one of us needs to think about our own race, that was powerful to me. It helped me to, to help others in my teaching that um, white folks do have an identity. White people are not white. They're German, they're Irish, they're Jewish, they're Italian, right? And, and they have identity. And part of what's happening is um, we have to start looking at our own identity and being aware of it. I really like chapter one. Chapter one for me, the first really big thing that hit me was her sharing that everybody has been hurt by racism. Yes. And that sunk in a little deeper in that mm-hmm. I wasn't just an ally to help right a wrong. I also have been hurt by racism and I need yes. to get in touch with that. Yes. And that that You're was so right. That was a turning point because it was it became my journey and not just how am I assisting? But there's still things I need to to think about in terms of being an ally that, that we'll talk about later. But the thing that strikes mm-hmm. me is that um, we we can speak up but not over. I mean that, that's a mm-hmm. theme that comes back to me that, yes, I, as an ally and as I am understanding my own journey and this is a painful journey for me as well and understanding um, how racism has impacted me, uh, I I need to always be aware of what my privilege has given and when I am seeking to support, I need to really listen and I need to have I need to have your voice be heard more strongly than mine because it has not had a chance to have um, a voice be heard in the way that you can share. And see, Lori, that didn't hurt anybody. No, no. Right. You saying, hey, let's hear what Melissa has to say. Um, I've actually had a chance to speak, but I want to. We 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 want to hear from Melissa. Right. That simple action, that gesture, right, is an act of inclusion, an act of belonging, but it's also an act of expressing. I understand that I have had the privilege of speaking. Let me give that privilege to someone else. Mm-hmm. How can we share together? In and mm-hmm. and we've done that this whole year is really having both our voices. Um, be able and to stories. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And and have that chance to have everyone participate and and perhaps maybe modeling how good friends can have honest and authentic conversations. Right. That's true. How to open that up. Well, the next segment that I want us to talk about and revisiting in our our next uh, segment is looking at both internalized racism and the history of racism. Um, which mm-hmm. are, which are somewhat and they in, kind of go together. They do, they do. But you've picked out some really good um, websites that we can share uh, that help us understand this. And as we learn more of our history, perhaps the internalized racism um, becomes more apparent, and we're more able to look at oh. I've internalized that and didn't even know it. It, It's the journey of ahas. So stay with us. We'll be right back and we'll be exploring those two chapters as we review how to become a good ally, ally and connect 
in community. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm glad you've made the connection and are with us today. I am Lori Fitz, your host. And today our show is co-produced with the Stanton Adams Diversity Institute. And I have Melissa Adams, who is the president and executive director. Welcome, Melissa. Good morning, Lori. We were talking in the last segment about our year-long conversation about the book, The Racial Healing Handbook by Annalise Singh. And we started to talk about uh, the first chapter. We're kind of going to do like a year in review, uh, only it's like a year in review with the book. Uh, And then this segment we had said we were going to talk about exploring our internalized racism and learning about the history of racism. And they're sort of intertwined. Yes. Uh, This last week, I was kind of struck by hearing the Supreme Court keep referring to Plessy versus Ferguson um, Mm -hmm. as a Supreme Court uh, overturn that had occurred. And I wanted to go back and and look at the Plessy uh, versus Ferguson. It goes way back to 1896, and it is the 14th Amendment. Mm -hmm. And basically it was separate but equal was put out – after the Jim Crow laws and whatnot, that you know, here mm-hmm. we, we we can all coexist, but let's not mingle was essentially right, the right. the bottom line. And we, but the problem also is not only you know that's kind of a a, a cold way of living in community, uh, separate but equal, but also the resources weren't provided, and uh, very often the white schools had like. Uh, up to 50 times more resources than the black schools that had substantially yeah. less, um, yeah. which then led to the Brown versus Board of Education. And it did overturn that Supreme Court ruling. Uh, it was in 1954, and uh, Chief Justice Warren delivered the opinion saying, we conclude that, field, that the field of public education, the doctrine of separate but equal, has no place. Separate educational facilities are inherently unequal. So that's just part of our our racism history. I mean, I think in terms of education is sort of my first awareness of uh, of the separate world that I know that uh, very strongly my mother fought for, and that's you know she was pregnant with me when she was down walking kids to school. So I grew up seeing schools be integrated um, very often with my mom's leadership wherever school we went. Uh, but that, that was, a, it was a, a change that took several decades. Uh, and we're still dealing with challenges and schools not getting funding. What are your thoughts on all of that? So I think I, it, it takes me back to Dr. King. Yeah. And something that people don't realize is that Dr. King was not just fighting for um, integration um, or or desegregation. He wasn't just fighting for desegregation, meaning no longer would we be separate. He was fighting for integration. And what he was fighting for was 
the ability for you and me to sit down today and have a conversation with each other and not um, be impeded by our races. Mm-hmm. And, and for us to be able to be friends and visit one another. He, he wanted for his child and another child who was of a different race to be able to play and go to school together and grow up together. And I think um, we have that integration today, but we definitely need more, right? We need more than just integration. When I hear so, you, when I hear you talk about um, Martin Luther King, I think of him in his "I Have a Dream" speech. But looking at his children, I mean, he had children our age, Melissa. I mean, yeah, we we are the age of his children. And, yeah. and his dream was for his children to not be judged. Just, you know, it's the integrity of their character, not the color of their skin. And I, and I can just imagine him looking at his kids and just hoping and dreaming that that would happen for his kids. That he, he envisioned not only for our country, but very specifically for his children. Could there be a better world for him and for them? Yes. Yes. And I think um, as we we think about internalized racism and relearning that history, Mm -hmm. a lot of us or all of us have been socialized to believe certain things about certain groups of people. And as we believe those things, we internalize certain things about ourselves. So as we are socialized to believe these things about certain groups of people, now we put ourselves in this position of superiority over these people. So take, for example, someone who, who may be homeless. That in our minds, many of us have these perceptions of what a homeless person looks like, um, who a homeless person is, and what their, their attitude, behaviors, and qualities are. And we've put ourselves in this position of, well, I'm not homeless because... Mm-hmm. I do this and I'm not that, right? So, so this person must think, not be pulling themselves up by their bootstraps because if bootstraps. they could and if they did, then they would and it would, you know, that whole right. right. So right. We've, we've now think about that in terms of racism. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. I've been told all of these negative things about black people and I start to internalize that. Let's say I'm black. I internalize those negative things and, and I start to feel bad about myself. But let's say I'm white and I learn all of these negative things are happening and, and that black people are, are struggling and in poverty. That makes me feel like, well, I'm glad I'm not black. Mm. Right. So there's what what these chapters did for me, exploring your internalized racism, was it helped me realize that white people also have internalized racism. Mm-hmm. So they've internalized the part of racism that says that white is better than black. And it's not – as we internalize it, it's not so that we can be superior – per it's se all, but it comes out of it comes out of as you were just saying earlier i think the terms of oh i'm glad that that doesn't happen to me right. and and i think that is what needs to when you start sensing that that's almost like a, a little sort of heads up look into that why why do you yeah. feel that way you know it and instead of feeling ashamed or 
uh, getting mad or not wanting to think about it anymore, which I think a lot of people, oh, I, I'm just going to turn off because it's just too much. No, take that as a chance to go like, wait a minute, what what did I just think? And why am I feeling that way? And is there an injustice that that I could, could say something about, that I could right. you know, have a conversation about that allows us yeah. to explore differently? Because I think what happens is that very often white people get up to a point and we hit that wall and we go, oh, this is too much. I, I, there's nothing yeah. I can do. It's too big for me. It's like, no, we yeah. can break it down. We, we we can find ways to make it real and to you make know, it specific. Remember the woman who did the um experiment, brown eyes, blue eyes? Yeah. She had an auditorium full of uh, white folks, and she was doing a presentation. And she said to them, Anyone in here, in this room, right now, who wants to be black, raise your hand. And none of them raised their hand. And she said, well, maybe you didn't understand the question. Do If you would take on the burden of being a black person in America today, raise your hand. And no one raised their hand. And she said, the reason why you're not raising your hand is because you know what the experience of a black person in America is today. And if you know that, you know enough to do better. Yeah. Yeah. We do. We do know enough to do better. Yeah. It's it's about acknowledging these things and emotions come up. Uh-huh. And and it's okay to acknowledge the emotions you're and we're going to talk about that, too, about grief, right? Yeah, like naming yeah. anger and the feelings that come up. Hell, yeah, you can get angry about racism. But what do you do with that anger? How do you take that anger and make a positive impact on other people's lives? Taking it and turning it into action. Because you can only right. hold anger so long. And I think one of the best ways to let it out is in positive ways of making, yes. working towards change. You know what's funny? I remember one of our shows. We said, "You remember the old movie? I'm mad as hell, yes. and I'm not gonna take it anymore." Uh-huh. And that's how we we have to be about racism. Yeah. And with that, my friend, I'm gonna have to take a break. But we're okay. gonna come back, and we'll talk more about that grief that you started to talk to us about and and the yeah. five stages of grief and and what can we do about that so stay with us where we'll be talking more about um, healing and racial healing so stay with us m 950 the progressive voice of minnesota Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm Lori Fitz, and I am your host today, and I am co-producing this show with the Stanton Adams Diversity Institute, and I have Melissa Adams as my co-host, and she's also the president and executive director of the Diversity Institute. Welcome, Melissa. Good morning, Lori. Glad to be here. Thank I'm, you. I'm glad you're here. I also want to do a shout out to your institute because you all develop strategies that build leadership capacity and promote inclusion. And I, I thought it for folks who may not have heard in that first segment about your program coming up on the 10th, if you want to do a, a quick promo preview of that and how they can sign up for it. 
are. We are having an event on December 10th. It's called Revolutionizing Your DEI Strategy. It's a new tool to measure your impact. It was created uh, by the Global Diversity and Inclusion. Uh, it's called the Global Diversity and Inclusion Benchmarks. And it was created by a 192 expert panelists from around the world. We're going to have two of those creators, the people who really pulled it together, um, Julie O'Mara and Dr. Joel A. Brown, um, come out and do a talk for us. They're going to tell us about the tool. They're going to tell us how to use it. And they're also going to give us some case studies from organizations that have used it. Um, it's a, it's going to be a great time. We have about um, another two or three um, days before you, so you can still sign up and you can just go to our website, stantonadams.com, and you can sign up, click on events, and you'll, it'll take you right there. It's a free event. Anyone can join us. Fabulous. I know I'm joining, and I'm excited about getting some uh, friends and colleagues to join me as well. Thank you. And yeah, please invite as many people as you would like. Now, our show, Getting Back, <laughs> We've been, yes. this last year has been a wonderful journey of having yes, a conversation has. on racial healing. And it's a, the Racial Healing Handbook is what we've used by Anjali Singh. And in the last chapter, it talks about really making the connection to community with racial healing mm -hmm. strategies. And part of that is going back and looking at the highlights uh, of each chapter. And we're kind of taking it as an opportunity to look at fresh as well as through the lens of us having a conversation about this on one of our shows. And we had started to talk about the whole grieving part of race, yeah. of, of looking at healing from racism. And, and you know, go for it. I'm sorry, Lord. No, no, I just it. wanted to jump in and say, grieving and, and naming racism. This is also apropos to because many people are grieving um, because of COVID. Yeah. So either we've lost people, we've lost the way of our ways of life, the way we used to do things. So there is a lot of grief happening this year. Oh, uh, and the loss. And I distinct, I distinctly remember having both you and Cecilia on. After uh, the George Floyd, and yeah, and we all just you know had after that young seventeen-year-old woman had the guts to put up you know her smartphone and tape that. I mean, we yeah. all had to uh, had to accept yeah. what had happened that this man had been murdered, and we watched yeah. the murder. Uh, you yeah. can't help but have that be a hit in the gut and have to figure out, you know, the grief that comes from that and the aftermath. Mm -hmm. What what do we do? You know, how do we how do we name that grief? And and I know that I've talked with both you and your partner Cecilia about the challenge that also took out on you all that were then asked to help with everyone making sense out of it, helping everyone yes. else to look at emotions. and, But you didn't always have that that time yourself to give yourself a break to look at it um, for how right. you felt and how you were grieving through this process. Right. And, you know, it definitely took a huge um, toll on Cecilia and I. And we had to take a step back and we had to ask ourselves, were we helping organizations check the box? And in many cases, we had to answer yes. So we had to step back, re 
um, assess the work we were doing in the community, and and we decided to take a different approach. We've actually, um, as of January, will be working on um, presenting standards to the community around diversity, equity, and inclusion standards that are going to hold um, the entire industry together. And then we're also looking at, um, Cecilia has created a program for practitioners to give them the skills they need in order to be successful and not um, check the box. And when you're doing this work, it takes an emotional toll on you. So Cecilia is also creating a healing program for people who are practitioners. And I believe that this is the, the next wave of where the industry is going. We're also creating certification, Lori, mm-hmm. so that these practitioners will be certified. So that when people are working with diversity practitioners, they're working with people that they can feel confident are are using the latest uh, benchmark techniques. And what strikes me in looking at the five stages of grief is that whenever anyone deals with change, no matter what the change is, yep. there's a grieving process. And you yes. are proposing a lot of changes, whether it's changes yes. in the the company, the corporation, maybe changes in the way that we've even looked at doing diversity and inclusion yes. is yes. a change. And what does that look like and what things come up because of that? And I think once we start looking at change is going to always bring up some kind of a grieving process and just accept that that's true. We can then start maybe understanding where we are on that continuum. You know, where are we in looking at change? Um, you've all and how do we accept change? Yes, or at least go through and be able to name. Well, where am I on this change continuum uh, right now? Right. I'm I'm still in anger. Hello, <laughs> and so, it's okay. Yes, it's exactly. Okay, right, exactly. Like like think of it in terms of like you said, any change, yeah. any kind of change. Mm-hmm. Think of it in terms of you're taking that same route to work every day for five years, and then there's <laughs> some construction. Yeah. Yeah. On your route. Now you have to change your route. Right. Oh, boy. That's going to be something, ain't it? Yep. And, <laughs> and like you started at the very beginning of the segment, COVID has had us cope with so many changes. There's almost a multiplicity of grieving yes. going on. Yeah. But and for yes. those those that may not, I'm sure everybody does, but just in case, you know, you need maybe a little refresher on what the five stages of grief are. We're talking denial, going into anger going into bargaining, uh, going into depression, and then to acceptance. And and you and I have talked about acceptance as not being, okay, you know, it's a Pollyanna, everything's okay, and I'll just live with this. Because acceptance um, is not about just accepting the the status quo. It's accepting where you are in your journey, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and it's also it's accepting exactly that, Lori. It's accepting the fact that this thing exists. Mm-hmm. So when you were calling off the stages, all I was thinking about was COVID, yeah. denial. Right. No, this thing ain't this. This is only going to last a week or two. Right. When it first happened, yep. people were like, "Oh, this is only going to last a week or two. And then what was the next one? Anger. Oh, yeah, we got mad. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, when is this thing going to be over, right? Uh-huh. 
And then the next one? The bargaining. Oh, yeah. Well, it, it's not going to take that long if I get my shot and if I, if I wear my mask. And then it'll be all done, well, right? We'll, we'll, and then we'll, it'll be all good. Yep. Yeah, but then then we realize in depression that this is going to go on for a long time. And a lot of people were dealing with depression. Mm -hmm. Even our young people yeah. were dealing with depression due to COVID. Because like for adults working from home, hey, that's okay. We'll work from home. But for young people, they didn't get that social interaction that they were used to getting at school. But I so also became depressed. I also think, though, when we talk about depression, we sometimes put a negative like, oh, you know, depression's a bad thing. It's really you have to get through the depression in order to get to the acceptance. And if we don't honor exactly. that there's a period where we have to go a little dark in our world and turn off the light and just kind of <laughs> figure out who we are and what we want and what we mm -hmm. need, um, that we can get to the sense of acceptance of our journey, the acceptance yes. of what we can do. I don't think that that bright light of what we can do um, is just arrived at without some contemplation, without without some yeah. depression and that we accept depression as something that uh, we can honor. Do you know that and I have... sometimes de Go ahead. depression, you, you don't get out of it. You know, it's something that is um, manageable. Yeah. Yeah. It and doesn't as necessarily we, go away, you know. No. No, it, I think the depression allows us to have that solitude at times when we need it. And I think that's what it gets back to me for change. Where am I in in the change continuum? And I think it's particularly important when we look at our racial healing um, and that it that we will go and we don't have to necessarily go in this order. You know, it's not always linear. You know, we might right. we might go from anger and wanting to go right into like, OK, what am I going to do? <laughs> well, that's OK. Right. Um, or you could go backwards. Yes. Many times I have found myself, and and we talked about your frustration, and are we doing, are we just teaching, checking off the box, and we can get really right. depressed at has anything really changed since 1996, has it really, right. or, or have we slipped down and and we're not doing as well as we did in 1996, um, and like you said, acceptance is not saying I give up. Right. Acceptance means. I understand that this is a, a challenge and that I, I accept the challenge. Right. And with that acceptance, I have to have us go to break. Uh, but we're okay. going to come back. And I know that we're, we haven't finished up all the different chapters of the book. And we're going to continue on our next show that will actually be playing uh, both on Christmas Day and on New Year's. So you'll have a chance to listen to the end of our chapters. But before we go, um, we're, we're going to move from our um, stages of grief and we're going to start the conversation of raising our race consciousness. And we'll at least get that started for our our next show that we'll be having uh, right around Christmas and New Year's. So stay with us, at least for this uh, wrap-up of this show and uh, a preview of the show to come. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we've been talking about important ideas when it comes to healing and healing our racial identity, healing our connection to each other, healing to make a world a better place. 
And our show is co-produced today with the Stanton Adams Diversity Institute. And I have Melissa Adams, who is the president and executive director, as my co-host. Melissa, Thank what, you, Lori. What a great conversation um, to keep us thinking. Um, and we're really finishing up our racial healing handbook conversations that we've had over the year. And uh, it was uh, a book that we highly recommend, written by Annalise Singh. Something to think about to do with your friends um, or explore on your own. Just be thinking about these things. Um, and along the journey, every one of us are always dealing with change and always dealing with what is our role? Who are we? How do we connect? We'll, we go through a grieving process. And we, we talked about that in the last segment in terms of just understanding where you are. And that can help um, make you feel less confused, less anxious, uh, less afraid of saying the wrong thing um, and more eager to look to how to make change or how to connect. So uh, my friend, Melissa. Um, yes. Talk to me about race consciousness, uh, the chapter five. I just think it's about um, being aware and, you know, trying to find people who are thinking and feeling the same way you are, Mm -hmm. you know, finding like-minded people and trying to be around them and have these conversations so that you can feel comfortable having the conversation with others. You know, one of the things that you sent me in terms of a, a website to look at was uh, mm-hmm. was blind, but now I see white yes. race consciousness and the requirement of discriminatory intent. And it's a long uh, title. But one of the big things that I got out of it was sometimes progressives, liberal progressives go to themselves, well, we're all the same. And I'm proud of my colorblindness because we're all the same. And not right, realizing, and we're equal. yeah, we're all equal. We're not realizing that that in itself is brushing off uh, a lot of depth that they're missing, and right. that it is important to recognize race, and that it isn't right. some, something that you just gloss over and say everyone's equal. Not everyone has had equal opportunity, and to dismiss it that everyone is equal does not look at the issues and does not give you, you know, much of a uh, a roadmap of what you need to do. Right. It also doesn't. It, it negates each person's experience. Mm-hmm. So even those of us that think, "Oh, well, I'm I'm progressive. <laughs> I I've got it together. I just am colorblind." Uh, may need some homework. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, it's too, it's like saying if you're on a construction site and, uh-huh. and it's a female employee on that construction site and the, the male employees say, hey, we just see you as one of the guys. We'll just treat you like one of the guys. In some cases that, that may be okay, but in a lot of cases that may not. Their mm-hmm. language may be different. Their Mm -hmm. behavior may be different. Their attitudes and their actions may be different. Mm -hmm. So we do need to think of treating people the way they want to be treated Mm -hmm. as opposed to the way we want to treat them. That platinum rule. You know, we often think the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. But what about, how about doing unto others as they would like to be treated? (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Let's think about that. Well, I know we don't have much time. And uh, I, I know that we're also going to continue our conversation in our next few shows, uh, 
actually we're going to do one show that we will be airing both on uh, December 25th and on January 1st. And we're going to be looking at finishing up the book as well as looking at, you know, ways that we want to honor uh, our time together at the holidays. However, whatever we all celebrate during the holidays, it's a time that we do a, a timeout. And I think it's a time for us to consider what's important to us. Um one of the, the big things that I've I've learned in in doing this show and these shows with you is how to um, sometimes I I've tried to prepare the show and have okay these are things I've really learned I think just to open up and and let the conversation go where it needs to go with you Melissa and I just want to thank yeah. you thank you for that that we've had these topics that we've sort of tasked ourselves to like be in the moment and say. You know, what does our heart say in this moment? Yes. Yes. And I've enjoyed having these conversations with you too, Lori. I think I've not only um, learned a lot, I gained a lot. <laughs> well, your Diversity Institute, I do want to make sure as we close up um, these last couple of minutes that folks know how to do more programs with you like this, Melissa, and be able yes. to get in touch with you. I'd love to have you share your website and just the overview of what the Diversity Institute's all about. And um, sure. we'll end with giving people a preview of, of the types of topics that are going to ping up, going to be coming up in our next show. Um, but, awesome. but tell us tell us about what the Diversity Institute is, especially some things coming up uh, that they can start putting on their calendar as well. So this January... We're doing Foundations of Anti-Racism. We're going to be running a class for folks who want to learn how to be an anti-racist. Then uh, we're also, in February, launching the Diversity Practitioners class, where we will be helping diversity practitioners sharpen their saw. <laughs> and anyone who's interested in taking part in, in any of the events that are going on, we've got events happening at the end of this year, December 10th. We have some new events starting up in January, where anyone who's interested in um, having Stanton Adams come out and do some consulting, simply go to stantonadams.com um, and you can click on the contact form and we will reach out. And if you're interested in going to an event, just click on programs and events and sign up. And we would love to see you there. And we'll look forward to having you join us on December 25th and January 1st as we will be talking about finishing up the book, uh, Our Healing Journey on Racism. Yes. And we're also going to promise to bring some recipes. So stay with us for that. There's going to be something really nummy. Um, and their meaning behind it uh, as we launch into the new year. So thank you for being with us today. Thank you for making the connection. Thank you for taking your ideas and moving them into action so that we can have a better connected world and a better sense of community.